New Light Radio Drama presents a series of interviews from the Promesa Promesota team. Get to know the artists behind our first radio drama. And don't forget to make a donation to support future work. You can Venmo us at New Light Theater Project or become a donor at patreon.com slash newlighttheaterproject. Well, hello, Caitlin Page Longoria. Hi. I'm Sarah Norris. Hi. How did we meet? I mean, I know how we met, but I think the viewer, the listeners should we'll tell know how we met. Sarah Norris and Caitlin Page Longoria met in the summer <laughs> 2018. Yeah, that's that's right. Hitler's Tasters. Big shout out to that beautiful, beautiful play. I played Anna, and you directed me. <laughs> yes, so we met. I was your director, and mm-hmm. you you were my Anna. Your spirit and your generosity in the room. I mean, it just captivated me, and Aww. I wanted to keep you around as long as possible. And <laughs> here I am. And here you are. <laughs> I weaseled my way into the theater company. <laughs> You you weaseled your way in, and now you're a director. I'm so excited to be interviewing you today and your experience as a director. I'm excited, too. This is my first interview, I would like to state for the record. You're going to do great. Thanks. I'm glad I'm interviewing you, though, because I think you're amazing at so many things. You do a lot of creative projects and you're one of the most imaginative people I know. So I'm very curious to hear you talk about directing because this was your first directing project, right? It is my first time as a director, which is really exciting. Um, Thanks to you for your consideration for the project. And it was interesting, too, because not only was it my first time directing, but it was a radio drama, and I know knew at the time little to nothing about it. Um, So it's been really exciting kind of learning about a new artistic art form and then seeing how my visual directing eye that I always carried with me now had to be used in audio which was weird and cool. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I, I'm still, I, I don't know. I can confidently say I've never directed an audio drama. So tell me about that. I'm so curious. So how, how do you take an art form that's so visual and adjust it to work in an audio kind of way? Well, I still visualized a lot of it. I still visualized how I wanted the characters to interact with each other. I visualized the space. And a lot of that, too, was collaborated with a sound designer, um, John Mulhern. Yeah, I still had to see everything. And I still had to see the world and understand, like, what maybe what these characters are wearing, like the day that they had before all of this, and then where they were emotionally when they, they met each other in this space. I still, you know, took in these people as individuals, but also had to consider their relationship with each other. So all of that directorial stuff was still there, um, understanding the piece as a whole, and then closing my eyes and figuring out what that would all sound like. You know, Ngama, the playwright as well, helped collaborate with a little bit of this, like the sound of like keys. That female lead, Issa, just came from outside, so she probably has this keys and the rustling of bags and, and all of these things that contribute to the development of the environment. And that was all stuff that had to be focused on more um, as opposed to 
lighting or angles or things like that, which was cool. That's that's great. I mean, I think that's what a radio drama is. It's It's those extra sounds and effects that just take the words and I think elevate them in an exciting way because if you shape the sound around it and it's easier for a listener to step in and see it and I think all of you you Gamma John the actors I, I, I thought you knocked it out of the park with this creation of of a world that it was just easy to put on some headphones close my eyes and really listen and 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 it came to life in a beautiful way. Thank you. Yeah. It was so, not cool, but interesting to see like the entire, or to hear <laughs> the entire um, development process of the play from start to finish. Not only just because of the things that we added to it or took away, because there was some script renovations during the the whole process and, and sounds were added and taken away and, and all this stuff, but just seeing how the world developed or hearing how the world developed over such a short amount of time as we began to understand this world of audio more was really cool. So it was really interesting to see all of us learn and see how that developed and how full the world became. Because I remember showing some a friend of mine the first cut of the, the radio drama and then showing them the last cut. And they were so shocked at how much it had changed. And it sounded so much like a real world, you know? I don't know what I was getting at with that, but I just... <laughs> no, well, it's it's new for everybody. And I'd like to point out, not only is it everybody's learning a new trade or a new skill uh, for their artistic brain space, but you're also doing it from afar over Zoom and computers and it just adds another challenging layer of you're learning something new but there are all of these obstacles in the way that that don't necessarily help and or support this new art form that you're learning. You're not at a studio, the actors aren't looking at each other across from microphones. You're all doing it over Zoom. That and that was really difficult. <laughs> Because when I thought of like my um, directing debut, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to create this really safe space. Um, there's going to be a lot of communication. We'll just be open to everybody's energies and, and we'll just con- connect and all of these things. And the process will flow as much as it can. And if we ever need to take time to reassess or, or anything like that, we'll do that. But doing that over email and Zoom and telephone calls I was difficult but then like also learning the technology of all of that so I knew what I wanted this to sound like I could hear the actors performing the pieces I mean we we were there on the zoom and I could hear them their inflections and and the way they worked off of each other but I didn't actually know what it sounded like until like hours later when they were it was uploaded into an audio file but yeah, it was definitely a weird world to navigate as far as us all trying to stay connected in a very virtual world that isn't meant for the kind of connection we were trying to make. And the fact that we did that just is a testament to how hard everybody worked on the project. Like the actors, Gama with his writing, John with his sound design, it, it all really molded together to create this really beautiful piece that we're all super proud of. 
Well, okay, so let's go. So there was, it was a trial and error kind of process, which it should be. It, it was everybody's first go at creating a radio drama. Are there any tips or things that you would share with anybody that is attempting a radio drama in the world right now? Some do's or don'ts? Well, the exciting thing about it is I've read a lot of stuff and been listening to a lot of podcasts and people are doing a lot of radio dramas right now, which is cool. But I would say if you want to do it, just do it. And yes, you're probably going to fail the first couple of tries in the sense of like trying to figure out how the recording is going to sound and like the setup that you need. But just to have fun with it. I mean, because anything's possible in the world of radio drama. And we've talked about it too. You could be in space. You could be on a hot air balloon or anything you want. Um, So it definitely opens up a huge creative world to actors, to writers, to designers or sound designers. And it's something that you could truly do as an individual by yourself. Uh, I mean, it's hard work, but we're in the middle of a pandemic. We're creative beings. We have creative energy that needs to flow. So if you don't have an outlet right now, doing this kind of work is really a great way to, to get those creative vibes out there, you know? And the cool thing about it is people wanna hear it right now. We all wanna create as much as we want to witness art. So as scary as it is to be in this world where there's no theater and there's no film and, and television being created and concerts and stuff, we still have this really great platform to, to be able to showcase our work and people are wanting to witness that. So just do it. Yeah, I agree. I know, I feel like a running, a running joke online is now there are 5 million podcasts but I don't know, Is it feels like at any given time there are five million shows running at a time and who cares if you're working individually or with other people and you're satisfying that, you know, artistic heartbeat, do it, make it. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's easy to make fun of the whole thing, you know, and we didn't make fun of it, but it was also a discussion that we had as like a creative committee. How do we all feel about radio dramas? How do we feel about being one in 500 people trying to like, a lot of people are doing this thing, so how do we make ourselves different? Is it the quality? Is it the content? Is it the way we promote it? And the answer is it's all of those things. For new light radio dramas, that's only gonna continue. It is cool, and I don't know, for me, the last few months have been you know, hard. I, I think a lot of people are feeling isolated and stifled. And so it's, I, I just for the record, I did not do a lot of creative work necessarily with this particular radio drama, but I was a part of the meetings and just the staying connected to other artists and talking about the work and talking about the types of stories we want to tell. And just that in and of itself helped me through this lonely time so I was grateful for that part that's so nice yeah part of the journey it's hard right now because I think that when the pandemic started we didn't think it would last this long it's been good to have these creative projects in our lives and it's helped a lot of people the cool thing about these projects is that you can give as much as you can and it's just, these are good things to be doing um, as for artists and for non-artists. And, and just connecting is what it really is. Taking time to connect in a very isolated world is important. 
so funny enough, isn't that a little bit of what Promesa Promosota is about, you know, this like connection, right? Um, the, this family, these two people in a family fighting to, to try to understand each other and connect in a, in a time where they're both feeling isolated. They're not in a pandemic, but they're suffering in their own individual way. It's been good to, to, to see how artists that I know from the collective have like come together and collaborated. And I've seen the spark go off in them. I've seen the inspiration start to flow from the artists that we've worked with in not only in Promesa Promesota, but the committee as well. And seeing kind of where we all started with um, this journey, including myself, kind of vulnerable, a little broken down, scared, uncertain about all the stuff that's going on right now and where our lives are gonna be headed and taking a moment and saying, well, one thing we can control is being creative. And one thing we can control is working together. And there are no rules for that. We're just here and we're gonna do it. And maybe we'll be inspired from that. I feel like that's happened, which has been the best part of the experience, I would say. I agree. That was beautiful. That's why you're, you did such a fantastic job as a director and why you're doing such an incredible job as the chair of the, one of the co-chairs of the radio drama is there's passion and there's heart and clearly you believe and live what you say because I see it. I've seen it the last few months and I'm, I'm so grateful and inspired and humbled by you and your work and oh thank you (laughs) well I loved it I'm very excited to do it again whether it's a radio drama or on stage or whatever I knew that going into this year uh, because this whole pandemic started right after my birthday on my birthday I was like this my goal for this year is to be a full-time artist and so that's happening and I like I'm doing more creative projects than I've ever done. So I'm doing the goal that I wanted at the at the start of the year, but I didn't think it, this was going to be where it landed me. And I'm in like this really crazy way, incredibly grateful. This pandemic is awful in so many ways, but it's also given me a lot of like beautiful blessings. And I don't use the word blessings often, <laughs> but it has. And so I'm trying to like embrace all of that. And so it's been, it's been lovely (laughs) thank you so much sarah norris for this beautiful interview when you said that you wanted to interview me i almost cried and passed out at the same time of pure excitement wow (laughs) that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me i know because i was like sarah doesn't do this i appreciate this so much um also because like you're one of the most influential people in my artistic life, whether you know it or not, and like very inspirational director. And I would literally go to the moon and perform a play with you and back. So yes, so thank you. And yeah, everyone should check out Promesa Promosota, written by Gama Valle, a sound designed by John Mulhern, and put together by a beautiful radio drama committee. It's only, you know, 11 minutes. It's a really beautiful story. Give it a listen. Thank you, everybody, for listening to my interview. Thank you for tuning in to New Light Radio Drama. This interview was brought to you by Sarah Norris and myself, Caitlin Page Longoria. Edited by William Phelps, music by Andy Evan Cohen, and produced by New Light Theatre Project. 